Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday, June 27th. We're back with another episode, and we are here to talk about this crazy weekend of baseball. We had several wins by 20 runs, one in the MLB, one in the College World Series. We had some great series going on this weekend, and we're going to preview some of the series coming up this week. The week before 4th of July, some people say the next two weeks is some of the best time for baseball. Phase two of the all-star voting has started already as well. We're getting into the halfway point of the MLB season, halfway through the summer pretty much, and we're still riding strong. We got some good games coming up this week, some great games that went on this weekend. How is how's everybody doing? How are we doing, boys? Ready for a great episode today. Yeah. Ready to rock and roll. Happy National Ice Cream Cake Day. Is it actually? Best kind of cake. I was I was just going to say controversial take. I hate ice cream cake. Ooh. What? Like, like a lot. Why? Just eat ice cream. But like... Those, those chocolate crunchies in the middle. You can get so chocolate good. crunchies on top of your ice cream. I just don't get it. Like I used to go to birthday parties as a kid, and you just have everybody. That, oh my god, is it ice cream cake? Is it? Ice? And I'm just sitting there in the corner, like crying because it's fucking ice cream cake again. Every kid at every birthday was like, "Yeah, mom, get me ice cream cake." Yeah, fuck. That. I, I liked ice cream cake a lot. I think it's. I think it's the best kind of cake. I know I'm a minority in the not liking ice cream cake. Like everyone I say that to is like, "Dude, what the fuck's wrong with you?" But like, it's. I can't stray away with from what I feel and I feel like ice cream cake is ass. Yeah, it's I mean it it also depends on what kind of ice cream cake cake you're having. And like the one downside to ice cream cake is like you can't leave it out. Like you can't just like have the cake sit out there and like leave it out to just chill. It's true. It would melt. It would melt. And it's kind of cool when you don't have to, you know, rush to serve the dessert and then slap it back in the freezer. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. I, I just I think that there's so many better things you can have for dessert. You could have just ice cream. You could have a nice cake. I'm a I'm a fan of a nice cake. You could have like cake with something cold in it. Like cake is usually cold anyway. That's and there's true. usually there there could be some like pudding inside. You never know. I don't know. Ooh. Some pudding. I don't know. Actually now that I think about it, I've never had cake with pudding inside of it. Yeah, me neither, but it sounds There's definitely cool. You know what sucks? Pie. Mm, I don't like, like pie. What kind of pie? Like, I like the chocolate cream pie. That doesn't count. That, that I mean, sounded weird, pie. too. Like, apple pie, as American as it is, apple pie sucks. It sucks. It's not good. I'm just, yeah. It's very overrated. Same with pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is so overrated. Pumpkin pie is ass. Shepherd's so pie. Things that I, shepherd's. Well, that's not a real pie. But it, it's shepherd's pie. pie. So good. Yeah, that's good. Chicken delicious. pot pie. Mm. Delicious. Yes. Dessert pies are ass. It depends on but which not one. Pudding though. pies, but not pudding. Pudding pies, pies are fire. Pudding pies are gas because it's just pudding with a crust. <laughs> yeah, it literally is like the most American food <laughs> it's ever. It's sugar in bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's literally the most american food ever you know what you know what i was thinking about the other day thanksgiving is what? a meal you don't need teeth to consume don't eat teeth 
I mean, they help, but I, I see what you're saying. You can give that to someone with no chompers and they'd still be enjoying it <laughs> no like the chomp. rest of us. Well, you could easily eat mashed taters, obviously. Yep. Stuffing, easily. Cranberry, easily. I know a lot of people have yeah. mac and cheese, easily. The only thing you might have a little trouble with is the turkey, but I mean, you cut that baby yeah, up. I was going to say, if you cut it up small enough, like. I think you can absolutely get away with it. The only thing is, is like, I. I think probably there's more foods like that, though, than just Thanksgiving. Well, like, as one collective meal, usually, like, the prime suspects for a Thanksgiving meal, you don't need teeth for. It's true. It's literally like. What? Who was the guy who was like. Yeah, this is what we eat on Thanksgiving. I don't know. I always thought about that. Like, why the fuck? And, like, he also, I like Thanksgiving a lot because of the football, but Thanksgiving as a holiday is so overrated. The food is so overrated. Turkey Thank sucks, you. dude. Turkey, Turkey sucks. sucks. Turkey it's sucks. So I know dry. last episode, we had that, that uh, debate of whether if England has turkey. If they don't, good for them. Because turkey's terrible. It's like just not a good food. And it makes me hella tired, dude. It's impossible for it to not be dry. I've never had a non-dry turkey. It's always dry. Wait, I think we should clarify it's like sawdust. Turkey in cold cut form is great. It's fine. Yes. Yes. But a whole bird, ass. It's such a production, too, the damn day. It's like we got to wake up at 7 oh, to throw God. the bird in the oven. It's such a damn, like... My mom cooks for like four days. What are you doing? And then, and then, God forbid, if I eat anything else but the leftovers for the next four days. Now, oh yeah. my God! It's literally just shoving leftovers. In That's your actually face the worst part week. about Thanksgiving. It is the That's, worst. That part. actually is that actually is the worst part about it is because not only do I not love turkey, I'll have it for one meal, but I have to have it for the next three dinners after that. And it's much worse when you have it after. Oh, it's, it's like so a, much drier in the microwave. So much drier. It's so bad. And then I got to drown it in the gravy, which is also the most mid-gravy ever. <laughs> Thanksgiving fucking sucks. Thanksgiving sucks, but it's like, I like how fat I feel after. You know what I mean? Like, I like I like eating to I mean. excess. Yeah. It's just, uh, I'm mad that, like, it's a football day because it's like, the football makes it so good. The football. But if there was good. no football, if there was no football on Thanksgiving, it would legit be the worst day ever. Not just the worst holiday, the worst day. Yeah, it could be a pretty bad holiday with or without without football. I think literally, like the only reason why I look forward to it is because you have nothing to do all day, and there's always a morning game, some afternoon games, and then the nightcap. It's just nice, and it's nice like. I, don't get me wrong. I love Sunday football every Sunday. There's nothing better than sitting down and turning on red zone. But when you do that every week, it's nice to have a day when there's three games spread out and you can pay attention to every game, every single like, – like every second of every game and just sit there and enjoy the football instead of like, oh, touchdown here. Oh, interception here. Oh, blah, blah. Like it's just there's there's one game going on at a time and you get to sit down, you get to watch it, and it's very lovely. Yeah, dude, we're just discovering all the fucking things we don't like about these holidays now. Now you're going to start making me get angry about other holidays. There's a lot of holidays out there that kind of suck. I'll tell you what holiday doesn't suck. Fourth of July. No, that, that, that holiday definitely doesn't suck. You know what's a, a, a sucky-ass holiday? holiday? Oh, tell me. New Year's. 
New Year's sucky is, ass well, holiday. I mean, New Year's is like notorious for sucking. I feel like everybody knows that New Year's sucks. Everybody goes into it knowing that it's going to suck, and then you do New Year's, and then you're like, "Yep, that sucks." I think I think I've hit the age. Actually, I think this was the year I hit the age. Rom, I think I don't think I want to go out for New Year's anymore. Or if it is out, like not to a bar. If you go to a bar on New Year's, I think you're just dumb. Because there's no point. There's a million people. There's, is that what I did this year? I don't, is that what we did this year? Yeah. I don't like crowds of people. And I discovered that this, week, this weekend when, when Zach and I were at the – Zach and I both went to the Travelers Championship up in Cromwell, Connecticut. Lovely Cromwell, Connecticut. Separately, both there for seven hours. Never saw each yeah, other. Yeah, it was crazy. Literally texting the entire, <laughs> literally texting the entire time. Um, where are you? And we literally were going the opposite directions every single time. Yep. Um, we were on the fifth. You were on the fourteenth. Then yep. we went to the ninth, and you were on the eighteenth. It was just so not, it, it wasn't happening. on Sunday. I ended up following Minwoo for a while, and then I ended up following uh, Scotty and JT. And every single I time, I was like, I would try to get so ahead of the group to try to still watch them, but get up, get away from the crowds. I was literally like, get the fuck away from me, everyone, dude. There's just so many people. And God forbid you don't, you miss one shot of Rory's, dude. Holy fuck. I hate crowds. I hate them. The Travelers definitely just put like the, the stamp, the seal on the envelope. Yep. Like, I hate crowds. Like, there was... There was honestly not as many people as I thought there was going to be, but there was still an ass ton of people. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was pretty cool. It was it was yeah, pretty it was cool. A good it was time. my first event I've ever been to, so it was it was pretty cool experience. Yeah, I saw Rory almost hold it on ten, literally, <sighs> literally danced danced around the cup. It was awesome. I got a wave from Minwoo. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Yeah, there was. Um, we were sitting up on eight, and I don't know who this guy is. His name is Lipsky. He was just on the cream. We were waiting for uh, Wyndham Clark because I wish nothing but pain and suffering and hard times for Wyndham Clark as in the future. I. As do I. So I was waiting for Wyndham on the the eighth hole, and um, we were uh, we saw this guy Lipsky put out, and I was I ran to the. I was like, I gotta I gotta say something because there's no one following him. He put out for par, and I looked at his name, David. I literally just go, "Put Dave." Gave me, <laughs> gave me a nice, give me a nice little, little nod. We went on our way. I think that's my, like, like that's my favorite thing now about golf tournaments is that when you go, you literally just like you're right there with him, just like, "At a boy, good Which job." Which is so nice funny pump. to me because now it's like, dude, if you chirped somebody, it's literally like you're face to face with them. <laughs> Yeah, you're right there. It's it's great. That's why like nobody ever chirps. It's more of just it's like playful chirps. They're so funny. I I, I yeah. I was such on a great atmosphere. Re- really quick before we jump into the baseball, I was you know like I don't know if you got close. I was pretty damn close to Corey Connors when he he pushed his tee shot on seven into the uh into like the, the high fescue and he was pretty close to me and i got to a point where i was standing there i was like i feel like i shouldn't be this close to him too i would be <laughs> so mad if someone was standing where i was and i was trying to hit a golf ball dude it was like so awkward dude because like it was so quiet when he came up to his ball 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it because I get, I step on the first tee at any fucking municipal course across the country, and if the starter is watching me, I freak out and I shank. Yeah. They have millions of people and cameras in their face. There's cameras fucking swirling all over the place. They got a mic guy behind them. I don't know how they do it because – I was I was sitting at like the fourth hole and Xander missed the green and he was right in front of another me. guy. I wish like, nothing but 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 trying times for. And I, he had people behind him, people to his left, people on the other side of the green. I was like, if I'm Xander, I'm literally sculling it so hard at some old dude's head, and he's probably going to be dead. Oh yeah, I don't get how they the do Zan it. It's, man, it's a fucking stupid nickname. Come on, man! You don't have to be mean to everyone. He just, he, he just, I always bet against him. It's rude. Sorry. What did he ever do to you? Kind of just like exist. Oh, okay. You, know. you should have told me. Yeah. So, all right, let's get into baseball. Enough with the, uh, the other talk. Freddie Freeman, Zach, 2000 career hits. Uh, Freddie cool. is, uh, definitely a lock, right? Definitely a lock for the hall. I think I think so. I mean, he definitely needs to keep it up, but I don't see how he won't, especially a guy like this and his approach to the plate and the way he hits the ball. There's there's just no possible way that this dude's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's still, you know, he, he everybody thinks Freddie Freeman obviously he's been in the, the he's been in the league for years, blah blah blah, but like he's what, 32? How old is Freddie Ooh. Freeman? Let me let me check quick. He is. Why does Baseball Reference not have ages? Freddie Freeman is thirty three. He's thirty three years old, and this is a guy who, like, because of his just pure hit tool, will be able to hit until he's in his forties. He, my guess is, he'll play till forty forty two. That gives him seven to nine more years of just hitting the crap out of the ball. I think he's definitely in the hall. I think he's most likely going to hit 3,000 hits. And we're seeing, like, th- this is one of the great hitters of our time. Like, Freddie Freeman, Joey Votto, like, those kind of guys that just like pure baseball hitters that can go the opposite way. They don't strike out an insane amount. They might not hit 40 home runs, but they're going to bat close to 300 all the time. Like, those are, oh, home run Florida. Those are the guys that, are some of the best players in the league and my favorite players to watch. I love guys that can just spray the ball all over the field and do what the pitch did to them. They throw it right back at the pitcher. Freddie Freeman's one of those guys, and I think he's definitely got enough years left in his career to go out there, get to 3,000 hits, and get the Hall of Fame bid. Yeah, I really think that uh, that Freddie Freeman is on pace for the Hall, and I think he's. Uh, to be honest with you, I think if, if he retired today, he would still get it. He's just such a such a well known and well likable guy for for this era of baseball, and there's there's no reason why he can't go out there and still perform at an MVP level, which he's been showing that he can. So, uh, congrats to Freddie, and let, let's let's uh, let's let's take Freddie and let's pivot over to. Uh, to let, let's talk about the Sunday night baseball game that you know we 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 had our, we have our season long bet riding on Astros Dodgers Sunday night baseball what a game I mean what a game extra innings Astros come out on top six five in eleven 
we now have a pretty close uh, bracket right now. Is that right? Or standings? What, what are yep. the standings for the Sunday Night Baseball race currently? The race is getting close. Me and Jake are tied at the top, five and eight. And then you're right behind us now, Dawes, at four and nine. Me and Jake both had the Dodgers on Sunday night. You had the Astros. Mm-hmm. And that's a really a game that the Dodgers should have won. I thought me and Jake had it won, and it, it just slipped away. But we will regroup. We will come back next week. I am determined. I, I, I am determined to make you lose this thing. <laughs> I have uh, I've slowly creeped back up after dropping the first seven weeks. I am now uh, four and in th- four and two in my last six. So I've been hot recently yeah. with the Sunday night picks. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fine. I, I'm. You're, you're allowed to get your little streak, and I'm about to hit mine. Then Jake's about to hit his. You're in dead last still. Don't worry. We'll see. We'll see. A lot of, lot of season left. A lot of season left, so stay tuned on that. You month. can say there's a lot of season, Daz. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I know you're coming in last. I We should clip that and come back to that. Keep all the receipts. Ahead, Keep all the Jake. receipts on go this one. Jake. You're coming in last. I, I Hey. I for your sake I hope you're right because it would be pretty I, embarrassing I to get right. this call wrong. And have to be it's going to be really funny when you have to take a five hour train ride. We'll see. We'll see. It, it would. It would. It would. Bless you, Jake. It would be bad for you to have to uh, for you to have to be on that train. But we'll see. That might even that might not even be the punishment. That's true. We it might, it might, it might not. not. Next week we will we will uh, narrow our punishments down in half, and we'll see what we end up with. So we had a uh, a series in London that was uh, was two high scoring games. One nine one by one by the Cubs on Saturday, and then Sunday Marcus Stroman on the bump for the Cubs could not get it done. Cardinals come out on top seven five. This was uh this was a game that I feel like a lot of people didn't watch because it was early on in the day and the two teams are not really as competitive as people might have liked them to be. Um, we we got we were kind of spoiled with the Yankees Red Sox two years ago when when Major League Baseball went over actually might have been three years ago it might have been pre COVID four years twenty nineteen oh wow so that, that was a, a long time ago that that happened so now now baseball is uh is back in the UK. Kind of a uneventful series, but they announced next year's uh, series over there in London, Mets Phillies. So that'll be interesting. Maybe uh, I've initially thought maybe going over for that series, but uh, that would be an That's expensive a trip. trip. Yeah, <laughs> That's definitely a trip. No, the London series is really cool. It's cool when they do it every single year. Like every year when they go to some place that's not their own home ballparks, it makes it just way more fun. There was a lot of trouble in London this past weekend. The the stadium obviously is not super built for baseball. It was not built for baseball to begin with. So there are some problems with the field. You know, the shadows to be probably the biggest one. Huge shadow along the outfield on Sunday. That game was at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I, I woke up and I put it on immediately and I watched most of the game. Marcus Stroman just did not have his his great stuff on Sunday. He did end up getting pulled from the start. I think he must have had like a cut or a blister or something on his finger. And we've talked about that before. It's sometimes the little nagging things that can make guys just blow up. And 
Stroman just didn't have his best stuff. There was no ride on his fastball. It looked dead, and that's what was getting hammered. Right. I mean, the Cardinals definitely needed this series in London. They needed to take this series from the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs were a hot team coming into this series, and having Marcus Stroman go out there and struggle is kind of the first step back that the Cubs have had in a while because he's been pitching so well because they've been playing so well. But, you know, Saturday, Ian Happ, two home runs. That looks really good. The offense doesn't look too bad for Chicago. I mean, Christopher Morell, Ian Happ, these guys are, are hitting the shit out of the ball. Danzy Swanson's always going to do his thing. So I don't know. I think the Cubs have a lot to look forward to, but the Cardinals definitely really needed this series, and I think it was a great series in London, and Mets-Phillies next year, I'm really excited for that because that's another rivalry going to another country, and it's it's really exciting when that happens. Yeah, I'm super excited to see how Mets fans and both Phillies fans travel for this game. It'll uh, it'll certainly be a lot of fun to see you know, if, if maybe the Mets will be a better team at that time, but uh, – we saw a historic collapse. Speaking of Mets Phillies, this past Sunday, the Mets were up six three. I believe in the eighth inning. I was not watching this game. I was watching uh, the Travelers uh, up there yesterday. But this was a all time collapse. One thing leads to another, and now and now the Mets are deeper into this hole, Zach, that we've dug ourselves into, and. There's been a lot more talk today than I've seen in the past few weeks about the Mets being sellers and a lot about Buck Showalter being on the hot seat. Kind of want to hear what your opinion is on this because we all know what my opinion is. Being a team that had playoff aspirations, not even playoff aspirations, but World Series aspirations, and now being seven games under 500, essentially it looks like Buck Showalter has lost the clubhouse. Players know that there's an urgency to turn this around, but... It doesn't really seem like anything is is no, no one is stepping up in this locker room, and it doesn't seem like we have currently the roster or the pieces to do it. Curious to to kind of have your opinion a week later and a week closer to the deadline. What you think New York should be doing uh, come selling season? Yeah, you know, obviously the Mets are in a tough position, and I think it's a t- position a lot of teams this year find themselves in. Teams like the Mets the Padres, the teams that spent a good amount of money and and are underperforming, Mets, Padres, maybe throw Blue Jays in there, even though they're seven games above five hundred. I don't really know where the Mets go from here because the problem I feel with selling is that you don't I, – I feel like you don't need to. I do think this the roster definitely needs readjustment. There's definitely bats that need to come in. There's definitely pitchers that need to come in. Um I think you should sell some of the bullpen. I think David Robertson should 100% be on a playoff team. There's no reason he needs to sit in a Mets uniform, especially when next year you're going to have Edwin Diaz come back. That's not a guy you're bringing back next year. I would sell Robertson. I'd maybe sell Adovino. Some of the bullpen, try to sell some of that. That 100% I'm in. I'm in on the trading of Eduardo Escobar. I think that's really good. It's really important for the Mets to get him off their roster, give Brett Beatty the everyday third base job, and let him run with it. You're not going to know what you have unless you get let the kid run with it. You're not going to know what you have unless he gets everyday reps. So I think it's really important that Escobar got out of that lineup, out of that clubhouse, and out of that organization. You grab two like, okay arms for the minor league system, but you weren't really going to get much anyway, so I like that you get a little something. I think that what's really important for the Mets right now is to cut the dead weight. 
there's no reason that we need to that the Mets need to push for anything that they can achieve. I'm sorry to say I do not think they can achieve the playoffs this year. It does not make any sense for them to make a trade to make them better this year. If they're going to make a trade for a Dylan Cease type, someone who has years of control and you can probably extend, that I'm totally fine with. And I think that's a step in the right direction for the Mets. But for me, any move that brings in major league talent and sees either prospects or young guys get traded off the Mets. I think anything of that sort is just panicky and unnecessary. This team is just clearly not going to do it this year. This is this is the time when, as I keep saying, these teams need to sit down, contemplate, and say, where the hell are we? Can we make the playoffs? And even if we do, can we go farther than that? Because this is not the Cincinnati Reds. This is not, you know, this is not the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is not a team that should not have been here and is just being like, oh, it's okay if we just get to the playoffs this year. No, the Mets were supposed to win the World Series this year. They were a top five maybe in favorites at the beginning of the season. This is not a team that you sell everything. This is not a team that you go out and buy everything to try to win this year. This is a team that you have to make small adjustments to and then you make your big adjustments this offseason. I think right now the Mets are in a really tough position, but I think firing Buck is this is a step. I think trading Escobar was a great step, and the next one I really think is is firing Buck. And I just think it's there's been too many too many um, decisions that I feel like a lot of people have not been really into or been on his side for. I I, I think he's got to go. You got to get somebody fresh and somebody new in there, and and see what they can do with this team. Yeah, and I don't really know where we look. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming at this rate in the season, it would have to be within the organization, maybe you know, like that bench coach or something along those lines. Uh, but for future for future years, an interesting person that I bring up is Carlos Beltran. I wonder if he can maybe get another shot at managing at this rate because he's still within the organization, and that would be an interesting person to bring in uh, after all the controversies around the Astros cheating scandal that was brought up in 2019. Yeah, I think it would be I think it would be really beneficial for to the Mets to bring in someone like Carlos Beltran, someone who knows this organization, has been with the organization before and someone who can bring hype around the team and and, and stir this team up a little bit. I think that's a move that uh, again like you said, I think they'll have to go either bench coach, third base coach, hitting coach, something for the rest of the season, but next year I like that move to add Beltran to your as the manager of the Mets. Obviously, he did have the problems in Houston, but there was a lot of guys who had problems in Houston, and they're still coaching now. My coach included Alex Cora. So I think Beltran would be a great addition for the Mets at the manager position. I really just think almost anyone but Buck right now because everything that he does, I pretty much disagree with. Yeah, totally agree. I I have not been a fan of Buck for, for a little while, so it would be nice to see a change of pace in the um in the clubhouse. Let's move on from the Mets. Let's talk a little Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves are on absolute fire. The first team in baseball, excuse me, the first team in the National League to to hit 50 wins on the season. They are now 9 and 1 in their last 10 on a two-game win streak. Zach, the Braves look like what we what, what we have been saying for the last 2 weeks, without a doubt the best team in the National League, maybe even the best team in baseball. 
I mean, they're competing right up there with the the Tampa Bay Rays at this rate in terms of dominating their competition. I think right now, I mean, we we've said this before, and I'll re I'll I'll, I'll spit it out again. It that this is the the Braves division to lose, and it might even be the Braves NL crown to lose at this rate. Yeah, I th- I think you hit the nail on the head right there. It, it really is the Braves division, and it, it's the Braves league to lose at this point. I think when this ro- – because just like if you look at this roster just, just all together, it's just unbelievable how they have so many guys and how they have so many guys locked up. Like this team is going to be good for years. It's not – this is not a put all the chips in and this is a super team for one or two years. This team is going to be great for years. And you kind of just have to credit the Atlanta Braves and you have to credit Alex Anthopoulos and the what he's done as a general manager over there. He has identified young guys and he has extended those young guys and it is paying off and it's going to pay off. We said it in this offseason. I said it last year. I've said it this year. I've said it for a long time now. The Braves have the most complete roster in the major leagues. It's You will not find a roster with less with less holes than the Atlanta Braves. You won't. The Tampa Bay Rays, I understand, 54 and 27. Great record, great team. But you can pick that team apart with how many people are overperforming. The Atlanta Braves, nobody's overperforming. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Matt Olson is top two in the league in home runs. Ronald Acuna is looking like the MVP. They're pitching great. And they're still hurt. They're still not fully healthy. This team just plays the right way you play baseball. They just do it right. And they have managed this team great. They have done great work in the general manager's office. And it portrays on the field the way they play. You can just tell that this team was made in some guy's head. And he was sitting there like, wouldn't that be great? It is fucking great. This is the best team in the major leagues. I think we're looking at the at another World Series for the Atlanta Braves this year. I just don't really see how anyone can stop them. Totally, totally agree. This is the uh, the Braves on bearing any uh, injuries, and but we've seen them, you know, overcome the Acuna injury when they, you know, when they won in uh, what was that twenty one? They won. Yes, sir. So I mean, we, we, we've seen them overcome a lot. So I would not be surprised um, if bearing any injuries this year, it still doesn't really set them too far off course. Let's continue on, Zach. We mentioned pre-show that there were some games that we wanted to kind of have people mark their calendars for this week as this is, like we mentioned, right around the 4th of July. A lot of people are going to have time off work and a lot of time to watch more baseball. Let's rip through these really quick. I'll give you the pitching matchups as well. We'll start with tonight. This game is currently happening. It just started. Twins, Braves, Sonny Gray, Spencer Strider. Great pitching matchup for a interplay interleague game. Excuse me, Zach. This is this is this is the probably, and I know we're talking about this as we're recording this, but this could not be a better start to the week in terms of games of the week. Then we move on to D-backs Rays. Zach Allen against Taj Bradley. Another great game. Blue Jays Giants. Logan Webb. Jose Barrios. And that's on Thursday. Excuse me, I forgot to mention that. Thursday, Giants, Blue Jays. Friday, start your weekend. Twins, Orioles, Pablo Lopez up against Dean Kramer. And Saturday, 
afternoon Mariners race Tyler Glass now against George Kirby. A lot, a lot of baseball to be consumed out there this weekend. And that doesn't even include the games that are coming up next week. We can get to those on Thursday. But to just start here, Zach, there's a lot of baseball on this week that we should be keeping our eyes out for, not only for divisional purposes, but for betting purposes as well. There's a lot of money to be had on the table this week. Yeah, there's a lot of great games this week and a lot of great pitching matchups. Even if when you start tonight with Sonny Gray and Spencer Strider, these are the two of the best pitchers in the game right now. Sonny Gray is obviously out to a great year. He's slowed down recently, but still he's, he's, he's having a great year. He's keeping the ball in the ballpark, which is so huge for him. And that's when he's at his most dominant, when he's keeping the ball on the ground and in the ballpark. And then Spencer Strider is just shown to be one of the best pitchers of our generation. He's going to be one of the best pitchers of their generation. The movement on this kid's fastball and the way he's able to command the strike zone is is impeccable, and he's going to be good forever. That's such a great pitching matchup, and there's so many other great games going on this week. The one I would look out for, the series I would look out for this week, 100% has to be the Rays and the D-backs. These are two of the top teams in the entire league. The Rays obviously leading the AL. Oh my God, I can't talk. The Rays obviously leading the AL and the D-backs in second right now in the NL behind the Atlanta Braves. The D-backs are one of the hottest teams in baseball. There's no doubting it. And Taj Bradley against Zach Allen is the exact pitching matchup you want to see. These are two top guys. Taj Bradley, obviously a rookie this year, but a 3.86 ERA right now. He's 5-3. and three. And the, the Rays just play well when he is on the mound. He's another guy that likes to keep the ball on the ground. He's a lot of sinker slider. He's going to keep the ball in the ballpark, and Zach Gallen is one of the best at that. So this is going to be a really interesting game, a really interesting series between the D-backs and the Rays. I'm really excited for it. I'm, I really want the D-backs to take this series from the Rays because as everybody who listens to this podcast knows about my feelings about the Rays – I don't like them, and I think they're not as good as they're playing. But the D-backs are my team, so I really hope the D-backs can pull out this series this week. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for the D-backs. I think this will say a lot about where the D-backs are as a uh, true contender in the West. Um, but we shall see how the D-backs come out uh, post-series. Um I think this is going to say a lot about the rest of their season and, and you know, whether they're pretenders or contenders. Contenders. We picked up on that. that. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Zach, I want to, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, before, before you continue. Yeah, yeah. So did everyone in college baseball just like, did they all have a meeting and were like, let's all grow a mustache. I think so. And mullet. There's everyone a lot of mullets in- these days. Everyone in college baseball has a mustache. Every time I look at the TV, it's another guy with a mustache. I don't know why. It's just is mustache is must is that just like a college baseball thing? They all just grow mustaches. I actually shaved today, and I shaved the mustache, and I wanted to see how I looked with it. It's not great. It's not great at all. That's one look I wish I could pull off. I can't. Cannot pull that look off. It's okay. You'll get there one day, but I don't think so, dude. I really don't. Yeah, probably not. Don't. Some people just can't do it. Some people just can't rock it. So I wish I could. I want to ask you about Xander Bogarts and his comments about the their series loss to the Washington Nationals. The Padres, obviously, we know have not been playing to their potential. They have been kind of one of the more disappointing teams kind of grouped in with the whole Mets collapse of this year. 
Um, he was quoted this past uh, Sunday after losing a series to the Nationals. He was quoted, come on, man, we're playing the Nationals. I don't think they have playoff aspirations, so you have to beat the teams that you have to beat. Now, this is uh, this is kind of the most vocal we've seen anyone on you know any of these slumping teams be about you know how the team is currently performing, where their mindset is at. And, you know, from a guy like Xander who has, you know, been on a team who has won, it's really eye-opening to, to, to really hear him just bluntly say, like, look, we're playing teams that we should be beating. He pretty much said the Nationals suck, and we should be beating them, so we suck too. That's about pretty as bluntly much as you can put it. Exactly. He, I mean, obviously this is close as close to my heart because Xander will always be my guy. He'll always be a Red Sox. So f- to see a guy who I saw in Boston for so many years, and if you, if anybody who knows the Red Sox and knew the Red Sox and knows Xander Bogarts knows that he's not a vocal guy. He doesn't really come out. He doesn't bad mouth. Even when he had that whole thing going on with the Red Sox and the contract extensions, he stayed quiet. He did not go to face the media. He stayed quiet, and he was, you know, just dealing with what he had to deal with. Clearly, this shows extreme frustration within the system, and I don't understand how you couldn't be frustrated with the season that the Padres have had so far. Nobody wants to lose to the Nationals. The Nationals suck. He's not wrong. The Nationals suck. The Padres should be beating them. Sitting at 37-41, and this is not what this guy signed with this team to do. He's he's sitting over there in San Diego at 37 and 41, and he sees his former team that everyone was like, oh, Xander left. They're supposed to suck this year at 40 and 39. So it's probably so tough to sit there and be like, wow, I really took all the money and this team fucking sucks. And I don't know what the solution really is for the San Diego Padres because this is a team that everybody thought was, oh, they got Xander, they got Soto, they got Tatis, they got Macho. Who, who don't they have? They have everyone. Aren't they going to be? Aren't they going to win the World Series? They have the most All Stars. No, that's not how it works. You cannot buy World Series. I don't know how many times we're going to say it. I don't know how many times teams are going to try to do it and not learn that you cannot buy a World Series. You cannot do it. It does not work. No team has done. Nope, it. doesn't work. It's not reverse money ball, folks. It's 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 just I'm. It sucks to say, and logically, it doesn't make any sense because it makes more sense: more money, more contracts, more bigger players, better team. That's how, like, it should work, but that's just not how baseball works. It doesn't happen like that, and I can see why Xander Bogarts is pissed. This team is underperforming. And for him to come out and say something shows a lot. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's 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 not really a vocal guy. And I wish someone like this would come out on the Mets. I mean, we had some comments from Lindor today saying, you know, we need to turn it around now. We know that we're not playing well. We understand that, you know, this could be kind of pivotal, pivotal, uh, pivotal for our season. But man, it is. Um, it is tough, tough tides for both teams right now. And uh, Xander really voicing his frustration. And look, as a fan, I appreciate that because we, as fans, we voice our frustrations all the time, but you don't necessarily see a player voice their frustration. You might see them, you know, get pissed off in some way on the field, but to actually vocalize that is completely different from showing, you know, physical distress. So it's actually, 
uh, interesting that Xander came out and said that. And I appreciate that as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's nice. Like, obviously there's guys that come out and speak to the media and you're like, what are you saying, dude? Like, shut the fuck up. But it's nice when there's guys out there and like he's taking accountability. He's saying like, why does this team suck? This team sucks. Like everybody knows. So he's being like, yeah, we know too. We know we suck. We don't know why we do, but something needs to change. And Again, the Padres are in that weird spot right now, like we were talking about with the Mets. They're in that weird spot where they should have been good, but they might be they could be very good next year because they have the roster, but and they have the money, but they're not doing it this year. I think it's another team where small tiny moves need to be made. And then they'll see where they are next year because this is another team that's just not performing this year and they're not doing what they need to do to make the playoffs or make a push in the playoffs if they even make it. Could not agree more. It's a lot of, uh, you know, like you, you can always dig yourself out of the hole, but uh, it's getting dicey to that point where it's you'd have to start ripping off a lot of wins in a row to start digging yourself out of it and making it more manageable. And you got to hope a lot of teams start struggling, and the teams ahead of them are just playing really good baseball. Like the the Cubs have been playing good baseball. The Phillies have been really hot in June. The Brewers. They're always going to hover around 500. And then you have the Dodgers, Marlins, and Giants who are all really hot, really good teams this year. It's it's too – the mountain is too hard to climb right now for the Mets and the Padres. It's it's time to reassess and call it – it's like – it's so weird to sit here and say that, you know, what are we, 90 – 80 games into – 80 games into the season mm-hmm. that – teams should just pack it up and be like, we can't do it. But it's kind of just how baseball works. Like you get down 10 games around halfway through the season. The odds that you're coming back from that are so low. It's just because you have to hope that so many teams end up skidding and it just does not happen. You can't, that's why it's so important. And we said at the beginning of the year, it's so important to get out to a hot lead. Like, the Rays were the hottest team in baseball. Yes, they have been good since then, but because they got out to that huge start, that's why they have still have a four and a half lead, a four and a half game lead on Baltimore. If they got out to a so-so start, they're probably tied right now for the division lead. How you start is very important. How you finish is very important. That meet in the middle, that's where you have room to play with. The Padres got out to a bad start and they've played bad since then. Hence, they are still bad. Could not have said it better myself. Zach, do you have anything else, or do you want to uh, get into some picks? I'm good, baby. Let's get into some picks. Let's do it. Powered by Riverside. All right, we got picks for Tuesday, June twenty seventh. Uh, somebody else go first. I don't have mine. I can uh, I can start us off here. I am going to take. Ooh, I'm I'm between two right now. 
but I think I think I'm gonna go. Mm, damn, this is tough. I think I'm. You know what? These are tough games. I'm gonna go Zach. Don't kill me. I'm gonna go Marlins over Red Sox. Alcantara's on the mound. They're at minus one hundred five. I really think this could be, you know, perhaps the the point of the season where if Alcantara was going to turn it around, maybe it's soon. So I'm gonna take the Marlins to beat the the Red Sox tomorrow. And I'm sorry that really pains me to say because I I have a very no, the, the Red Sox are my my AL team, but uh, with Alcantara on the mound and you know the fact that he hasn't really been too sharp, I'm I'm gonna bet that he's turning it around. That's no, that's a fair pick. That is a very fair pick. Jake, can you go? Because I still don't have mine. I can go, yes. Um, <clears throat> Orioles overs, three in a row. Uh, on the season, I am 9-3-1 on Orioles overs. So we're just going to keep riding. Orioles Reds over eight and a half. I, I see this game. I might take an alternate line. <laughs> 25 and a half because these are two electric teams. Um, yeah, book the over. All right, so it's up to me. I don't really like any of the money lines or anything, so you know I'm going to follow Jake with the over. I'm going to go Brewers-Mets over. Julio Tejeron and David Peterson. Mets and Brewers over nine. These are two terrible pitchers, two terrible systems. I expect maybe 25 runs. I'll also take an alternate line, but I'll take the over nine. That's right. Maybe I should just start doing overs since it worked. It worked so well for you, Jake. Dude, it is smacking for me. All right. I didn't say it. Yet. Didn't say it, yet. Jake. I know you were about to fall start. I was on mute to catch myself. Numbers. Twenty-two. Thirty-six. There's no way it hits twelve the third time in a row. Three times in a row, 36. 12. 12, 22, and 36. Oh, perfect timing. 12, 22, 36. Here we go, boys. We're spinning in 10 seconds. Jake, if it's 36 again, I I might kiss you just because you keep picking 22. I don't think I'll play it ever again. If it... Here we go. Three, two, one, we're spinning. Let's go, boys. 36. 36, 36, 36. Come on, 36. Come on, 36. Come on. Come on. Come on. God, I love America. Spinning a lot. 21. Oh! No! Oh, 12, no! 12! 12! 12! 12! Doz got it right. Doz got it right. Thank you for the money in my DraftKings account, Doz. Yes. Yeah, what a win. What a win. Doz first one to get the number finally. Wow, that was exciting. I thought it was 21. I got it. Let's go. That was electric. 12 is my lucky number. Why didn't I say that? I don't know, man. I just, I've literally felt 12 today. Fuck you, Jake. You got me again, you <laughs> fucking asshole. 
We'll get them. We'll get. We're up. We're due now. We're due. That's we're due. true. We are due. Dawes is now not due anymore. Nope. Correct. Correct. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. We'll see you all on Friday. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out, and have a great week.